Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Barefoot Buttons. They are the Barefoot Button of Buttons. That's true. And they've got a new product out. You heard about us talk about it last week. They've got the Tall Boy Barefoot Button. And it is just like all their other barefoot buttons, only it's thicker. Like it's a, a tall boy for your short pedals. Like a lot thicker. Like it's double or triple. It might even be eight times thicker. I don't think it's eight times There's thicker. There's no way it's eight times thicker. Steve is, is measuring it's not eight times thicker. Because uh, then it would just be taller. Eight times taller. Because then it wouldn't be thickness anymore. Well, I'm rambling. Anyways, go check this thing out on their website. Uh, it's... Uh, way taller than all the other barefoot buttons. It lets you get your foot down onto pedals that might be hidden between some yeah. big pedals. Basically, you got a tiny pedal. It's in between two big pedals. Not sure what to do with it. Yeah. Get a tall boy. Like say, say, for example, you've got a little pedal hiding up above like your crybaby or something like that. Mm. Now you can get your toe around the edge of the crybaby and turn your pedal on really easily. There you go. Yeah. This episode's also brought to you by Matthew's Effects. They make a lot of stuff. Uh, the Cosmonaut. The Astronomer, The Harbinger, The Whaler. There's an err theme here. You yeah. kind of get it. The things that err. The Architect. That doesn't err. Architector. <laughs> uh, anyway, we've been uh, we've been lucky enough to demo one of their pedals. Luck had nothing to do um, with it, Steve. Oh, it's hard, hard work. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we got to demo the. Uh, I got to demo the Cosmonaut, which is a really fun, super, super ambient reverb. Uh, you you've probably seen Matthew's effects around. Maybe you already own one, but if you don't own one, you don't know what's going on with all those knobs and foot switches. Basically, it's got two sets of controls yeah. that gives you a preset option. So you can uh, be like, well, I want one setting that's kind of pulled back and like my normal all day long, always on kind of reverb. Mm -hmm. And then you press the other button and you've got your other set of controls that you have completely maxed out because that's the correct way to use pedals. And you're just a wash in modulated reverb, super ambient for years and years and years. You're lost in space with this thing. It's a lot of fun. Go check it out. Watch our demo on our YouTube channel. That's right. Hey everybody, um, I guess thanks for tuning in to this 60 Cycle Hum thing. We talk about, you know, guitars and buying them and selling them, trade, fix stuff, modding, breaking stuff, reviewing, whatever. I mean, you can listen to it, you don't really have to, we don't really care what you do. Thanks a lot though for just whatever you're doing right now. Hey Steve. Hey Ryan, how's it going? It's going pretty good. What's new? Um... Not much. What's new with you? Nothing's new with you, huh? Well, the thing that's new with me is new with both of us. That's true. Uh, so our church uh, that I am still attending <laughs> until I figure out a new place to attend uh, has started using in-ear monitors. And this is a new thing for us. And it, what's interesting is that we already, you and I already have really nice in-ear monitors. Yeah. And so I'm getting, I've used them for recording and for monitoring and mm -hmm. listening to I've things. I've only used mine really for recording. Uh, and so now I finally have a full opinion on their use for, uh, for, for live music performance. And I really, really, really liked it. They yeah. were very comfortable. I had a full range of, of uh, frequencies in my ear. I could hear everything perfectly. 
Uh, it was a little obnoxious to me being tethered by another cable to something. You got to get like a super long one. Well, I had a super long one, but it's just like I'm used to having the guitar cable. I'm not used to that second new cable. Right. You know, I'm. it just takes getting used to it and knowing that I can't dance around on the stage, which is something I wouldn't normally do anyways. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, what's your experience, Steve? Um, my experience has been interesting. I will get to use them in the live setting soon. I use them for recording and everything's like really crisp and clear, but I felt, I still feel like mine are are kind of buzzy. So I think I'm going to use them in this live setting. Um, and kind of, if they're still sounding that way, like basically I want to be in a place where you and I are both using using them at the same time. Uh So I can say, this is what I'm hearing right now. And this is what my, uh, my in-ear controller is set to. Uh, and then I can right. look at what your monitor is set to and like set them up the same and then have you say, well, this is how I would describe the sound and see if I would describe it the same way. Well, show up to church early. Well, we're only going to be plugged into the system for like two hours straight. Right, right. So. <laughs> That's true. But uh, yeah, you you said from the beginning of getting these things that they don't sound like you're getting a full frequency out of yeah, them. Yeah, it almost, to me, it sounds like, um, so I believe these are uh, dual armature. They're uh, ultimate ears. Designs are ultimate ears, the UE7s. Um, I mean, full disclosure, we got them for free. Right. Send your hate mail to uh, tonemob.com. Uh- <laughs> Sorry, the, the UE7 has three balanced armatures, so, uh, and it's supposed to be, um, have, a uh, a high, mid, and low armature, and then it, the uh, with a dual bore sound channel, which I guess it has supposed to be a high mid channel and a low channel. And I just f- don't feel like I have a low channel. Yeah, sounds I feel like, like I only have a high mid channel. Sounds like something's dead in there if you're complaining at all, because mine is like I was using the in ear mixer and I was getting based to death like mm. lots and lots of low end and I had to like dial it back uh, definitely lots of bass I, I'd say complete full frequency control after using the uh, the system that they're designed to be used with with an in ear monitor setup yeah. uh, like I said I used them for recording and once we got it all dialed in like I could hear everything really well I definitely felt like it sounded better than um ear pods for that purpose but then I don't ever feel like what I'm hearing in the in-ears sounds like what I think music should sound like. Sure. Like, it doesn't sound like the radio. And to be clear, what Steve thinks music should list, uh, should sound like is just a series of clicks and whistles. <laughs> <laughs> He's really into dolphins. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> He's like, this doesn't sound like dolphins. Yeah. This so- isn't music. So I guess, you know, like I said, we'll, I'll be trying it out again soon, and we'll kind of just see where it goes from there. I might be sending mine back in to see if, hopefully, if there is something wrong with them, if I can get them fixed. Sure. Um, and maybe they'll just say, hey, we gave these to you for free, so no. Right. That would, wouldn't be great, but... Well, then you'll I tell totally, them, well, you're going to get a bad review. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I also, like, at the same time, I like I totally understand. Yeah, that. me too. But, <laughs> but it is hard for me to give... I feel like right now... It's hard for me to give either a good or a bad review, right? Because you feel like they're broken. Possibly. Because if it's something that's defective, then I can say like, "Well, they're defective, but they fixed it." Right. And the fixed product works great. If it's, I don't, 
I don't want to say they sound bad. If it turns out they're not defective, then that's going to be my review. I that mean, they sound bad. That I think they sound bad. I think mine sound but, great. So, but the fact that and that's the thing is because you say yours sound great, I'm like, well, I, I should do every like go through all the steps. Yeah. No, like doing in ear monitoring, it sounded like I was listening to the band in a studio. Right. So right. that's my review of it. Mm. <laughs> And it's obviously in conflict to your view. And the tricky things with these is because they're fitted to our specific ears. Yeah, I can't try yours on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you could get them close, but like get them jammed in there and really uncomfortable. But that would not be fun for you. And then you'd have all your gunk in my in-ears and it'd be like gross. I don't have any gunk. Yeah, right. My ears are clean. <laughs> no one's ears are that clean, Steve. These things go up in there. Yeah. Uh, so should, is there anything else new we need to talk about? Any yeah, housekeeping? Yeah, um, let's do some little housekeeping. To, if you are listening to this before September 3rd, 2016. Is that possible? When will this air? August 22nd. Oh, good. Um, then you live in the... Greater New York State, Tri-State, Mid-Atlantic, Upper Atlantic, New England area. Mm-hmm. It's not too late for you to go to the Northeast Meetup at Ish Guitars in Syracuse, New York. It's going to be September 3rd. Jump on our Facebook group, uh, or I guess you could email us, and we can try to get what kind of info we want. But the easiest way to be to jump on our Facebook group. Yeah. Uh, look for a 60-cycle hum on Facebook and look for the one that says group. The one that's our page, that's us too, but it's kind of just a landing spot. Yeah. The group is where all the talk happens. Exactly. Anyway, it's September 3rd. They're going to be doing the wheel of pedals. It's at Ish Guitars, which they're is their be doing, cool company. They're going to be doing their own wheel of pedals, yeah. not our wheel of pedals. Not the it's ones a completely unsanctioned, unlicensed wheel of pedals. Oh my gosh. We don't know what rules they have. They could have their own rules. So good luck. <laughs> But this it sounds like a lot of fun. We totally are for anyone who is a listener and wants to like have a community meetup with other listeners or people who aren't listeners. You just want to have a general gear meetup and you want to do it under our name, go for it. We're all for building community. And if we get to have our name mentioned, that's fun too. <laughs> oh, another new thing is that we have uh, put money down on our condo oh, that's right. for Winter Nam. Winter Nam. Uh, we are, there's a possibility of a listener who's talking to us who uh, might rent one of the rooms from us. I don't know if I told you about that, Steve. Um, you probably mentioned and it. And then there's also a possibility, they haven't confirmed yet, they're talking about it, uh, one or some of the guys from the Guitar Nerds podcast. That would be a great is talking about joining up with us, uh, which would be awesome. We would love to share a condo podcasting situation at NAM with those guys. Uh, uh, I don't know if we said it before, but I feel like there are spiritual brothers as far as guitar podcast goes. Yeah. Uh, so that would be a lot of fun and get to kind of go around with NAM with them and sometimes I want to share steal, interviews. Sometimes I want to steal their Patreon sleep in the same thing. bed as Mark Packham. And, when he's not there and sniff his pillow. That's weird. Hi, Mark. <laughs> Sometimes I want to steal their Patreon thing uh-huh. where they read off all the names in, in goofy voices. Oh, I don't want to do that at all. I like our system just fine. Because <laughs> at this point, we'd have to read off a lot of names. Yeah, they read like a dozen names <sighs> or 20 names or something every week. Oh, no, thank you. That's too much work for me. Yeah, but if if 
you haven't checked out the Guitar Nerds podcast, definitely check that out. Uh, go on their group and encourage them to come to NAM and uh, share a condo with they us. They do. Just a heads up, like we said, they are UK. Send money to them so they can afford to fly. Oh my gosh, they they are a UK podcast, so um, their their English is a little different. It's a little <laughs> off. The way you said that sounded like a, a big insult. Like, oh, their English isn't so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, it sounded like something a racist person would say about like. A Mexican or something like that, or some other immigrant, you know, like, uh, you know, they're, you know, they're English, you know, there's a little bit of a language barrier. Yeah. <laughs> they speak basically the same language. There's this, they have some catchphrases and they have some uh, regional terms. We I, have no idea what they mean. So the company I work, compl- semi-related, the company I work for um, was recently back in, like a few months ago, was bought out by a British company. Uh-huh. I got an email today saying like, we're trying to update our directory. We need your we need your title and your line manager. And uh, so I was like, okay, finally I'm gonna have to like make up a title for myself because I don't. So you became the line manager. No, no. So the whole thing is like, <laughs> I looked at it and I was like, I turned to the office like, does anyone know what a line manager is? Yeah, no kidding. Because, what is that? So apparently it's just another word for supervisor. Oh, okay. Like who who is your direct supervisor? So I was like, okay, this is my title. This is who I report to. Two two things came into mind when you said line manager. Either someone who manages like a uh, telemarketing pool. Okay. Or someone involved in fishing. Well, <laughs> one of my coworkers worked at Comic-Con as like a, as a an lot- actual line manager, like a person who stands there and says like, Next, next, yeah. you know, like okay, you four, come on. Well, in the UK, you they know. would call that a queue manager. Okay, yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's start hitting some ads. How many hit, squids was that? And hit them hard. Yeah, how many squids does this ad cost? Van Halen style <laughs> guitar. Oh yeah, this Here is we in go. Plimpton. This was sent by Andy Cunningham. It says inspired by the Frankenstein. If you are looking at this, you know what it is. It's no frills, but it sounds like a chainsaw. Wicked light. Sorry. Uh, this is in Plimpton, I believe, which is Massachusetts. So that, how do you how to say that? There's a little um, bit of a language barrier. Yeah. <laughs> Wicked light guitar. That was not very good. No, and you fast tried your little best. action. Get Marky Mark on the phone. Gets He'll do the brown sound. Stays in tune when you dive bomb. And has spot on intonation up and down the neck. Can't get a guitar for $100 that plays this good. Or looks this bad. Uh, it is a silver strat style body yeah. with part of the pickguard cut away so that you just see the humbucker mounted directly into the the pickup route. And then the neck and middle pickup routes are empty. No pickups at all. Just like Frankenstein. Single single uh, knob set up. No other knobs or switches. Uh, strat bridge tremolo, which is your basic thing. I don't have a picture of the headstock, but I remember knowing... Like exactly what model this was? It was like a like a XS or something like that, or, or like a oh really? Oh no, no, it was a J Terser, I think. Oh, okay. I think this is a J Terser. So this guy wants a hundred dollars for a uh, a ninety dollar guitar that he's destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> this but, has this has all of the like this is uh this is basically what happens when you describe something to somebody, but you don't show them a picture like. Okay, it's got a humbucker. It's got one control. It's got a trem. It's got no other pickups. The pickguard is cut. 
It's like, got the, on on paper, this is basically Van Halen's Frankenstein it's got guitar. The, it's got the eyelet screw for the uh, strap holder. Oh, does it really? Yeah, so you can see. Yeah, it there. so so on paper, this shares a lot of things in common with Van Halen's guitar. Right. In reality, I look at this picture and I go, "You're missing half of your guitar, dude." Yeah, you're. It, well, you know, the Frankenstein guitar it did does have this stuff. The pickup is mounted completely different in the Frankenstein. Like I said, an angle. And, you know, various other things are different. This has a Strat bridge on it versus a Floyd Rose. Right. Um, this is started out as a $90 guitar instead of starting out as a much nicer guitar. Uh, I think the Frankenstein was also a $90 guitar. It depends on which Frankenstein you're talking about. Okay. He had the Kramer, and then I think he had a few guitars that were literally Frankenstein, like pieces and bits and stuff. But I think, I think his original Frankenstein had a... Either a strat neck or a like a parts neck, something. It was an existing neck from a workable guitar. This is this started out as a budget guitar. It's obvious that the guy is trying to do a tribute to that kind of concept. It's not worth a hundred dollars. This is worth thirty dollars now because it's started out as a Jay Terser. And if you're not familiar with Jay Terser as a brand, they make just budget stuff which they, is not bad they so make some some of their stuff is very nice they make some mid price i'd guess their most expensive model is probably about 550 yeah but you look you look at this and you know what it is yeah I mean, look yeah at, at look the, at the saddles on the bridge it just screams right. 90 this strat. particular model this i mean you keep saying 90 dollars. it was probably i'd guess it's probably about one 149.97 on paper on new no not like if you were to go buy this in a store it'd probably be Maybe. 150 all right i'm, think, I'm thinking used i guess i wouldn't i wouldn't pay sure 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 close to 100 yeah. for this new all used. right um this next ad is from daniel lexow this we're moving is on already this is for ryan this was actually listed in san diego um, this guy is asking, for me. This, yeah, um, <laughs> left-handed guitar picks hard to find, very rare, very rare left-handed guitar picks. There's not a picture. There's just a a black silhouetted image of the shape of a guitar pick. I found a guitar pick on my way to the deli. I was walking from my work to this uh-huh. nearby deli. It's like half a mile away, and um, there was a guitar pick on the ground. And one of my coworkers was like, "Oh, you play guitar? You should get it." And I picked it up and I looked at it. I don't remember who it had like some brand stamped on it, like some, you know, Music right. Central or something. Sure, it wasn't Music Central, but it was like that kind of thing. Right, right. Um, and then I was like, nah, it was like thin. Yeah, it's cheap plastic, so I like threw it in the bushes. And then she was like, I was telling her how I haven't bought picks in years because I basically just restock every year at Nam. Uh huh. Um, and before that, I would just wait for you to drop all of your picks on the stage at church. And I would just pick them up afterwards. <laughs> Steve is scrambling over to where I stand at church and picking up all my picks. Well, like I don't drop, I like don't drop picks, so I never lose them. Right, right. Um, so anyway, so I had, to, I was telling her about this, and I, she's like, "Oh, so like, what are you gonna do with that pick?" I was like, "Oh, I just threw it in the bushes." She's like, "You should have just left it on the sidewalk so someone else can find it." And I was like, Someone yeah. Someone will find it. The, our gardener will find it in 50 years. And he'll be like, oh, a vintage that, pick from that's this the thing, store. That, that, pick had been sitting so on, famous. that pick had been sitting on the sidewalk for like a couple weeks already. Yeah. Um, the reason I bring it up, though, is because it's black, just like this left-handed guitar pick, though I don't <laughs> think it was worth a dollar. Right, right. Uh, obviously, this has got to be a joke posting because there's no such thing as left-handed picks. Unless you're talking about picks that are like pre-worn in. 
because if you're holding them left-handed, the wear is going to be on the right. other side of the What pick. about thumb, those Herco uh, thumb picks, like for banjo? Are those, are no, those, those directional? Those are ambidextrous. Oh. I'm pretty sure they are anyways. You can put them on either side. I don't play left-handed guitar. I play right-handed guitar in air quotes, which I've been meaning to make like an article or like a video about. I'll do that soon. Yeah. Uh, I've been super, super busy. Dude, we need to get that green screen up in here to do that top 10 guitar video we were talking you, about. You mean you, we need to cheese off of, off of guitar nerds and like do the same thing as them, <laughs> which is very successful, so it's very tempting. <laughs> hi, well, no, it was, hi, Mark. <laughs> it, was that idea, it was that idea we were talking about. Anyway. Okay, we have, an, we have another idea. We might do it someday. I have a green screen. I need to use it. That's yeah. for sure. Um, you pay $20 for a green screen, and you just have to use it. You just have to use it. Well, you pay $20 for the screen, and you pay a bunch of money for the lights, and that's where the really all the money is. But anyways, uh, yeah, I got nothing else to say about this. Obviously, it's a joke. There's no such thing as left-handed picks. If you play left-handed guitar, don't get fooled, uh, unless there is such thing as a left-handed pick, which I really doubt. Like, I can't even think of like an expensive like hand-formed pick that could only be left or right-handed yeah uh, i'm you know um maybe those ones that are uh asymmetrical but then you can always just flip them yeah the only way you would make a left-handed or left-handed or right-handed guitar pick is if you're making like those like hand-carved wood picks if you were to like carve a thumb uh, you, you like an angled a, thumb carve yeah yeah. where like it would only work from like a right-handed perspective or a left-handed perspective but not both. You know what? Left-handed picks would be a perfect product to sell for way more than they're worth at like a Southpaw shop. Remember yeah. when they used to have those? There's stores and malls that were just yeah. left-handed people. Yeah. It's like, oh, a ladle, and it's got the little indent on the yeah, other side. Yeah, it's like a big and tall for left-handed people. <laughs> Only big and tall people need that stuff way more than left-handed people That's do. That's true. <laughs> I mean, certain things. It would be... Don't you own some left-handed scissors? I don't, actually. I've I've forced myself to be acclimated to right-handed scissors just because it's so hard but i have a pair of scissors that i've used my whole life Mm -hmm. and they just work in my hand where a lot of scissors i'll pick them up and i'll be like this can't i can't do it i never so for years and actually like i at least actually i think all of my scissors at home right now are ambidextrous scissors really yeah they're just like flat right well my my cutco scissors are ambidextrous right because it's like you could use them from either direction yeah. I haven't even thought about that. I wonder if I ever do use them left-handed. I just don't think about it. Probably not. I forced myself... Just out of necessity, I forced myself to use right-handed scissors. And uh, that doesn't mean anything. I'm not good at scissors. <laughs> so don't hire me to do scissor work. Like, wrapping Christmas presents, I destroy the wrapping paper. Like, I'm the worst at wrapping Christmas presents and birthday presents. Oh. I just hand that off to my wife. Is it because you're... Hey, not- hey honey, wrap your own gifts. I'm going to do a bad job. Right. Is it because <laughs> you don't try or because... You no, know, the scissors... I fall in the camp of people who do poorly because they don't really try. It's... It, no, it's it's definitely a physical awkwardness thing. Where I'm good with my hands. I'm an artist over here. I just... It's not... It doesn't work. So, All right, well, I mean, you. I can cut, I can cut, but I, I really rip the crap out of stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you, Daniel, for that ad. This last one is an Aqua electric 12 string guitar, $420. This was in uh, Clover. It was sent by Kyle Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot of Aqua. Yeah. And if you're at fir- your first glance, you're like, wow, this is very Aqua blue. And the pickup is like yellow. 
And then you start to really soak it in. Look at all the things they've painted over. Look at the output jack. Yeah. The output jack is painted aqua blue. You start to look at the pick guard and you realize the pick guard, the pickup covers, the knobs, the pickup, the pickup selector switch is all painted in this like Tuscan, like, like sponged, yeah. like thick paint look. The back of the neck and the headstock are painted for a, which must be a bolt-on neck. There's no way this isn't bolt-on. I can't see the other picture. No, I think so the small. cover is painted blue. The cover is painted blue. The The trim cover is painted blue. I think the neck plate might also be painted blue. It's hard to tell. I don't think they took this guitar apart when they painted it. Well, all I can really tell you about this, Ryan, is this could be great for a praise group, folk, <laughs> or classical player. Also has the potential to be an 8-string or 10-string with just a nut change. Looking for looking to trade for things that go boom or $120. Oh my gosh, there's a lot to unpack in this ad. This is a really good one sent from, you know, a uh, a hardened veteran of our group, Kyle Smith. Yeah, of course a 12-string could become a 10-string or an 8-string, just like my 6-string could become a 5-string or even a 2-string if I wanted it to. You don't even need to do a nut change for that. What is this? Things that go boom. Oh, great. Steve is playing a song on his phone. All I want to know is, could I make a trade for uh, the single POD boom? <laughs> um, <laughs> would, he, would he be willing to accept a, a, an inflated balloon? If I was to try to give him a copy of POD Satellite that has the song Boom on it, would it, would a used copy suffice or would it have to be new? Now, would he take trades for something that went boom? Like if I bring him a flat tire, would he take that? Like it, uh, how? I <laughs> <laughs> got you, Steve. I got Steve to have a legitimate laugh. Oh, my gosh. I just thought of something terrible. Oh, okay. It wasn't me. It was your own thoughts. Well, huh? it was related to you know, the idea of of um, something. Would he that... trade for a boom mic? A boom mic. There you go. Yeah. Uh, would he trade for an audio recording of an explosion? It's obvious he wants guns. Right. Is that what that means? Or, that what about boom? just explos- general explosives? He wants like explosives? Fire, like fireworks? If you, I mean, you're not supposed to wheel and deal with firearms on Craigslist. You start wheeling and dealing in explosives, you end up on lists, man. I think you can wheel and deal in firearms in certain states. No, I'm saying explosives. But like, I'm saying like fireworks. I guess that's true. I like, didn't think about fireworks. You could trade like a hundred bucks worth of fireworks. Yeah. I guess that's true. You caught me, Steve. I got you. Got Dumb you. as bricks. Got over you here. good. And I just feel stupid. As you should. <sighs> and woe is me. <laughs> Dumb old Ryan doesn't remember fireworks. <laughs> but yeah, this this ad is what he did to this guitar is dumb. I don't get it at all. Um, if this, if someone did a really classy piece, like a really classic concept guitar, and the the hardware was painted to match the guitar, and I knew that it was coming from a really good builder. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, I see what they're trying to do here. Right, I get it. This they have a complete concept. This just looks like the guy took the pick guard off, taped off the fretboard, and just sprayed. Yeah, I'm surprised the bridge isn't painted. 
You know, I'm surprised the tuning pegs aren't painted. I'm surprised the strings aren't painted. Maybe, uh, I mean, maybe they actually did take it apart, but there are certain elements that they're like, no, I want this to be blue. It's so weird. Uh, you know, it, at the core of it, 12-string st- strats are, are fun. You can have a lot of fun with this guitar. I also just imagine it being sticky. Anytime a, yeah. anytime a pick guard is painted, it's like, ugh, that's going to be sticky. Yeah, it kind of... Yeah. And it's going to flake off weird, and I'm not a fan of the concept. And I know that there's painted pick guards out there that pull it off, you know, like Paisley fenders and stuff like that. Right. But even that thought is like, ugh, the paint's going to flake off all over my hands and stuff. I don't, I'm not into it. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. But, you know, what is the price on this? 120 that's a fixer-upper price. You could go pick this up. You're not gonna. You're not gonna spend more on that buying a 12-string conversion neck and bridge to turn some other POS guitar into this. So might as well pull the trigger on this if you are 12-string curious. And then you can always swap out that painted hardware and the pickup and pickup covers and pick guard and knobs for pretty inexpensive. I mean, you, what is that like a fifty-dollar project to make this thing more normal? Yeah, probably something. So one seventy, like you have a twelve string Strat. I'm assuming the neck is decent, because who's going to make a bad twelve string neck? Because the, I've it's actually so, been it's seeing. So niche I've been actually. I've been seeing some twelve uh, string guitars that are from like some unknown really? kind of builder. Jay Terzers. <laughs> basically, like they're it's an import. It's an import guitar. So huh. I'm, I'm taking a. Interesting. I'm looking Maybe at this it's one. Yeah, I I just pulled the original ad up. Um, Are you looking at the headstock or something? Yeah, I don't know what the build on this is, but flip it real quick. Let me see. It's not great. It doesn't actually have a trim on it. No, no, you wouldn't put a trim on a twelve string. There's not enough springs in the world. Um, there uh, twelve string strats are, I think, always. Oh, really? Hardtail. They're all hardtail. Yeah. Can you imagine the tuning instability? Like this, never gonna work. Right. Yeah, it's like a snake head. Yeah, so there's not really much shape. in the way of branding. Um, I, I'm willing to bet that it's a kit neck. It's like a Warmoth or a WD or something like that. So this could be a good right. deal on a kit neck. I don't know, man. I, I, It just comes down to you know, having to feel it in person and, and really yeah. like see what's going on. The paint on the neck is, if they didn't do it well, if they did a crummy job which they probably did because someone who does a good job doesn't paint pit guards like that and doesn't paint uh, uh output jacks like that if they did a crummy job it's not going to be fun to play this guitar because no, it's going to be so no, sticky i agree it's going to be sticky that neck is it's sad you're going to need to strip away the paint on that neck for yeah. it to play so that's a big bummer go uh if you want to see the pictures steve has put the links to the pictures to our imager account if you're lucky on to <laughs> Onto the description of this episode. We also post the pictures on our Facebook group and Instagram when I feel like it. Yep. All right. Let's, uh, should we tackle the topic? Do we have any other announcements? No, sir. This week's topic is. Lay it on me, man. Reverb has unveiled recently. Uh huh. Reverb.com. Reverb.com. Uh, who are they connected to? Chicago Music Exchange. That's correct. Um, I believe they have the same founder on both sides. Yeah, it's like a big like investor. Like the same owner. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I mean, they're not like related related, but they're related. Right. Like it's an offshoot. 
Um, so they recently unveiled a flip feature. Um, and when you say flip feature, you're talking about what we talk about on the show all the time. Yeah. Is that buying something and then selling it for a higher price. Yep. So they have introduced a feature into the architecture of their, uh, you know, their class, their Guitar Gear Classifieds website where you can buy something from them and then you can easily flip that back onto their same site. Yeah, let's uh, let's read this email. Hi there. We've got a new feature that makes it easier to sell anything you've bought on Reverb. We're calling it our new flip feature and it's available for anything you've purchased on the site before. Here's how it works. Just go to your past purchases on Reverb and you'll see a new button labeled sell this item. When you click the button, we'll automatically create a draft listing for you. All you need to do is add some fresh photos and you're good to go. Plenty of folks are already using Reverb to flip musical gear for extra cash, just like CC Cycle Hum tells them to. <laughs> or to help fund an, up, an upgrade to their rig. We're always looking for new ways to make that easier, and this new feature is a big step forward. If you've purchased an item on Reverb that you're not using anymore, get started here to sell. Um, obviously, this is a win-win for Reverb. Like, let's right. let's just get down to brass tacks. This is another way. I mean, I talked to a Reverb rep at the first NAM we went to, and we were talking about the used market, and he was like, "Yeah, it's awesome. People buy from us. We get a commission when they buy from us, and then after they've bought it and they use it, they sell it through us, and we get a commission again. And so we get a commission." Every single time a product bounces around on our site, and if people are buying from us and they're selling through us, and it just keeps happening over and over and over again, it's brilliant. It's a really smart business model for them, and they're undercutting the fees of eBay, which is also really smart. And this makes total sense. Uh, it, it my initial thought was, oh great, now people will just buy something it won't even ship to them and they'll just assign a flip feature to it and they'll relist it and reverb will hold it at their office or something like that oh my god which is so shifty and shady obviously like it would and it would like completely kill the flip game because people would hate it obviously people are like getting things shipped to them and immediately flipping and i mean you know i'm sure there are people who do that of course I mean, we see it on Craigslist. Why not Reverb? Oh, we see people bragging about it on our group. And and you're right. I mean, you know, which is there's nothing wrong with that. Like I said, we just got down to it, and you know, Reverb knows this. Like, people buy things on there. They try they try it out for a couple of weeks, and they sell it again. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like the real winner is Reverb, of course. And, and they don't have that's to, not bad. They don't have to store really any of it. You know, no, they don't because it's ship, still shipped to you. Yeah, all they got to do is store your money. They're just the middleman. You know? <laughs> I sound so antagonistic. Store, store our money. <laughs> Thanks for storing our money, Reverb. I, I, if Reverb came out with a bank, I would totally use them. As I a sound bank. so antagonistic about this, and I, I'm really not. And if Reverb had a bank, their slogan would be like, "You're gonna send us your money anyways." <laughs> I, I mean, the re- the reality is that you go on eBay. You, sure. You look on an item, and one of the links that comes up when you when you're looking at an at an auction on eBay is, do you want to sell an item similar to this? Right. And so you can click on it, and it'll basically do maybe not the exact same thing as this feature, but something similar. And eBay's had that feature in place for years. It's a quick, smart way of getting the information that you need filled out, so that you don't yeah. have to do it manually. 
And they already kind of do that where it's like they're you know, when you go to list something new, they auto generate a title and right. all this stuff. Um so I I mean it, it's kind of an obvious like it's an obvious thing for them to do. Um that being said, like it is kind of just amusing for them to be so upfront about it of you know, saying Hey, we know you do this, so why don't we make it easier for you to do it? Because I guarantee you there's lots of people who have bought stuff and they're like, yeah, I don't know, maybe I'll sell this eventually. I'm just kind of on the fence. Who now with this little extra push of like just being able to go back on, log back into their account, go to their profile, look at things they've bought in the past and hit, you know, flip feature. It's good. That's going to be the extra, like that little, you know, push that gets them to sell these things that they're sitting on that they yeah. bought that well, weren't 100 percent satisfying it helps you also um um i'm sure there's a benefit on reverb side i wouldn't say wouldn't be able to say directly what that is but as far as tracking these things and maybe presenting to investors and being like look at here's a list of products that have flown that have passed through our hands 20 times 50 times going in between different sellers who just keep flipping it back and forth yeah. and we don't host it. Uh, we don't have to ship it. They ship it and we just take a commission yep. and then they can present that information as part of their you know big data plan or something like mm-hmm. that. So that's completely smart business stuff. I get it. The thing that's just entertaining to me is that they're using lingo that we use. Well, I'm, uh, I mean, everyone uses a lingo, right? Right, but that it, it's not like we it invented feel, the word flip. No, of course not. But it, it, it's a big part of our the culture of our show, yeah, and the culture of our audience. And it's just it's hilarious to see them using it when they're you know a source of so much of our content. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, it tickles me pink, is what I'm saying, Steve. I could definitely see like I don't go on reverb a ton, mostly because I'm broke right now. Um, <laughs> I just bought the uh, the DoD Carcosa fuzz off of there. Oh yeah, yeah. Is that a new one? I'm not familiar it's with it. It's pretty new. I think it's an exclusive to Chicago, and so obviously it sells through reverb. Because uh, I didn't see it on any other sites, and there was no one selling them any used. It's just new off of reverb. It is. Uh, I saw them posting about it on the gear page. It's basically DoD's take on the uh, on a sequel to the Fuzzbrite circuit. I think it's the FZ one B. Okay. So it's it's a take on that circuit, but with some really unique controls. And I'm just really looking forward to playing around with it. Uh, they're really pushing it as like a Doom machine or like a Sludge Fuzz machi- machine. I really want to explore the the surfy and spaghetti Western kind of potential of it. And do a demo of it, and uh, and and see what I can do with it. That's not conventional to how they're presenting it, because I think it's got some fun sounds in there as far as that goes. Like you can get some broken gated, fuzz brighty sort of things happening. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And if I don't love it, of course I'm going to flip it back onto Reverb. You can use the flip feature. I've you know I've got a lot of pedals around here from Reverb that I can flip back onto Reverb now. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Uh, do we have anything else to say about this? I just think it's kind of like a neat thing. I'm sure some of our listeners will take advantage of it, and some of our listeners won't. I've been making a lot of definitive statements lately. <laughs> Steve is just trying to say, you know, some of our listeners, you know, like, you know, the Second Amendment people, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
awful. <laughs> Another joke that's not going to make sense in a couple of years, or will it make too much sense? Oh man. Um. <laughs> well, we don't. If we don't have anything else to say, then this is going to be a short episode, Steve. Yeah, I. I mean. We can talk about that other thing, but you don't know anything about it. No, let's not talk. Let's let's hold off on that. One. Okay. Um. I. I mean, I, we can talk about sex, baby. Oh my gosh. I do wish, and I know there's not really any way to do it because Craigslist is only is only really like facilitating transactions so far. Uh-huh. I wish um, there was some way to do this with Craigslist because I, I don't use Reverb. Oh time. yeah. Probably should sell some. Well, I think people will copy paste other people's descriptions for similar items. Right, but I'm saying that like there's nothing where you can just click it or like you know you look at someone else's ad and you want to sell something similar. Right. Or whatever. I think the closest you could do is if you sold something on Craigslist, you could go back and copy paste your sell information so that you could put out an ad because you want to buy it. (laughs) I sold this looking to buy it. I don't know. It doesn't really work well. Yeah, Craigslist is uh, very bare bones, and that's part of the reason why it's so great. Yep. I, w- I don't want them to change, and I know that they will. And when they do, I'll just adjust. Yep. I, I love you, Craigslist. Oh, my gosh. Um, this week's song is... Oh, first of all... Yeah. Uh, let's thank our sponsors, Barefoot Buttons, the Barefoot Button of Buttons, and Matthew's Effects, the yes. Matthew's Effects of Effects. Uh, get uh, some Barefoot that, Buttons. It doesn't, it, it doesn't really work for no. anyone else besides the, Barefoot Buttons. The Matthews buttons. of Matthew's Effects... Rick Matthews. The, the Rick of Matthews Effects. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rick is a, a member of our group for, yeah. and has been for a long time. We finally got to demo one of his pedals, and it's a real blast off. You should borrow it, Steve, and mess around with it. I've been meaning to, but I haven't been I haven't, you haven't been, been playing, playing guitar. guitar. Playing I played bass. like a couple weeks ago. I think you could do fun uh, stuff. I meant to grab it before that uh, just to swap it out, but uh, yeah. it just didn't happen. I'll, I'll swap it to you this Sunday. How about that? All right. Uh, you, I think you could do some fun, like cello style, bassy things with it. Oh yeah, it's uh, got a really strong uh, modulation setting on it, so you, you can dial in some crazy sounds. Yeah. And it's got two banks of controls on it, so you can have presets. And also, you could slap a tall boy barefoot button on there, and so you could put it in between two shoe boxes and still be able to turn it on and off. Oh my gosh, my <laughs> reverb pedal does sit behind my volume pedal, so. Um, that could be a useful feature. Yeah, you could wrap your toe around there and turn it on and off. You know? It's, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So go check out Barefoot Buttons. Go check out Matthew's Effects. Steve, tell us about this song. This song this week uh, is from Ryan's collection of 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s and whatever else, Garage Rock in Foreign Languages. Yeah. Um. So if you get tired of listening to this stuff or you say, hey... I think I could do better. Send us your song in a format that's not Windows Media File, uh, basically any other format, um, mm-hmm. MP3 preferred, to ccyclehumcast at gmail.com. Somewhere out there, someone was like, I really like these international garage rock tunes, but I have a lot of songs that I've recorded, but if I send them in, I won't get to hear these songs, and so they're not sending songs in. That's probably true. All right, enjoy the song, guys. All right, see ya.
情故，我因朋友已已故，照在我眼里，想起了你，想起了你。在我眼里。